Okay, it seems that we are live, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Speaker Series, where we step momentarily into the arena of some of the greats in this country, entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, game changers, people that are disrupting industries, people that are moving mountains, and people that are impacting other human beings. So I'm so grateful and excited to have two incredible people on the show tonight. But before I'm going to introduce our honored guest today, I want to welcome our co-host as always. Welcome back, Angeline. Thanks, Raps. It's my honor to be here again with you. I'm so excited. And before we're going to dive in, I just want to say how proud I am to have an incredible and a young entrepreneur here on the show today. This is going to be epic, guys. We're going to be diving into the business model of the 21st century, right? And nobody better than Jordan Hutchinson is going to be taking us through his incredible journey. At the age of 15, he launched his first company, right? But he didn't stop there. Since then, he launched so many ventures. And I'm going to allow him to take us through that journey, the lessons learned. But moreover, what does it take? to scale a successful online business today. How important is it to have a personal or corporate brand to, to separate yourself from the masses? And moreover, what are those lessons learned that allowed him to propel himself forward? But moreover, he is not just alone. He has a beautiful young family. And we're also going to have an opportunity to speak about what it's like to have a family while running a successful business. And what did it do for him when his first young born, his newborn came to this world and how that empowered him. So welcome to the show, Jordan. We're honored to have you here. Yeah, Jordan, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm so glad that you, that you have uh, joined our show today because we have a lot of uprising young entrepreneurs, right? I think your story, it's going to be a great inspiration for them and give them some guidance also. So I'm just curious, what inspired you at such a young age to pursue the journey of entrepreneurship? Well, up front, it wasn't, uh, I didn't know I wanted to be in entrepreneurship. Oh. Uh, myself, like a lot of others, have this free spirit of wanting to uh, a have that freedom of do what you want, and b um, the the joy of building something. And so, at fifteen, I, I got into DJing, actually, of just weddings and parties and events and things like that. And initially, it just started out as a hobby, but like lots of hobbies in the entrepreneur world, it ended turning up into a, an actual business. And I got to the point a few years later where we had four employees. We were doing multiple gigs every weekend. We had a full-on production team that were hosting events or DJing weddings. And after a while, I realized, wait, this is uh, I'm hiring people. I'm I'm doing payroll. I'm I'm trying to advertise. This isn't just a hobby anymore. This is an actual business. And growing up in a family of entrepreneurs and other business people. That's when I kind of started to listen more of, okay, maybe these discussions about, um, you know, uh, making uh, making your dream happen type thing and following whatever you want to become. Maybe these discussions of, you know, finances and how to be financially literate and things like that aren't that weird. Maybe this is something that could be applicable. And so as that turned into an actual company, 
that's when I realized, wait, I, I love this. I want to go into business. I want to build something. I, I want to have the opportunity to see a need and fill that and help people through that. So it's beautiful. And I had the opportunity to to have dinner with with you and your dad, Paul, the other night. It was so amazing. He said that he's he started to introduce you to read books since how old? Um, I've been I mean, into reading since the first grade. I've always been kind of a book nerd. Um, But as far as reading, uh, going from like the Harry Potters to the Tony Robbins and the self-help and business development books, that was in high school of realizing, okay, I'm, I'm spending time doing this. I want, I'm currently here. I want to be here. The best way to do that is through knowledge. My, My dad always said, the most important piece of real estate that you'll ever own is the six inches between your ears. And it's because, you know, regardless of what happens circumstantially or anything else, your knowledge and what you have inside your head is one of the most important things. And so growing and developing that to make it so, you know, wherever I was at currently, I could always become better and always be progressing. That's what was most important for me. And that's why I've been, reading books since high school, because that's one of the best ways to get that knowledge that I don't currently have. And speaking of that, what what are some of the books that make a huge impact for you that you would recommend for the young entrepreneurs? It's a must read for you guys. Yes. Um, I I have a lot of individuals that will ask me of like, Hey, what books am I trying to read? And I've have maybe one, two, 300, somewhere in there of different ones that I've read partially or read completely that I'll recommend depending on what they're wanting. If it's a guy that's wanting to go into accounting, then I of course tell him, you know, go to school and do that stuff. But here's some finance and economics books that I'd highly recommend. Same, I have segments for marketing, segments for strategy and things like that. Um, But in general, I I think, you know, those are all things that once you get into business and you realize, hey, I need to know more about you know, public relations and advertising. There's plenty of books. There's plenty of courses that you can Google to get those things. Those are more about the how. I think the most important ones are the why. Yes. So I've always heard if you don't know your why, you'll never figure out the how. Mm. You know, or even the how doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're the smartest person in the world. If you have your why, if you don't have your motivation for why you're putting in all these hours, for why you're trying to, you know, if you don't have a dream that you're trying to accomplish then there's no point in all the how. So I always tell everyone if they're just starting out or wherever they are in the process, find your why and go from there. And a lot of those are everything from uh, these motivational, um, uh, what's a couple? Um, Psychology of Achievement's a good one. Habits of Highly Effective People, um, Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. Yeah, just different things like that. I mean, even some offshoot ones like um, The Secret. It's one that was uh, Oprah Winfrey put that for a while. But just all these of finding what your inner desires are, finding what you want to accomplish in this world, find what difference you want to make, and having the courage to follow your dreams and the different mindsets that you have to get in in order to pursue those. And I do do have a question because you mentioned about that, the why. And yes. when I was coaching the young adults, right, I I, I asked them, uh, what, what is your vision? What, what, what is your why? What, what do you want to accomplish? And That's many cool. of them, they 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 have no clue, right? So what kind of things that you do for yeah. yourself that you discover that 
within yourself? What is your why? What is your vision? What yeah. is your process for you? Yeah. So I guess two things with that vision and process, like you said, as far as the vision of, you know, what's your end goal? Where do you want to be at the end of the road type thing? I always see where do you want to be, you know, when you're 90 on your deathbed, what do you want to have accomplished type thing? Um, no one wants to say I, I worked my entire life and didn't enjoy it type thing. That, that's not fun. No one also wants to say that I spent my whole life watching Netflix and didn't accomplish anything. So you, you got to find that balance of at the end of the day, what, what do you want to have done? Me personally, I want to see what's the biggest impact I can have on people around me and preferably the world as a whole of whether that is, you know, um, making money and then starting charities and having those charities and philanthropy operations be helping individuals in you know, impoverished countries and helping them out economically, or whether that be creating a company that makes a difference for people. I mean, people would say, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, big, awesome entrepreneur. He didn't do a ton of actual charitable donations, which that, that, that's his choice, but his company, Apple, one would argue that he's made a significant impact in the lives of everyone in the world because where would we be without smartphones, without computers, without, you know, the internet as a whole that he made products that helped push humanity forward. And so I, I would argue my goal is to do both of create products and services through businesses mm -hmm. that help people in some way. Elon Musk is pushing the um, electric car frontier forward. And that's something that's pushing the rest of the car market forward as well. He's he's making it so he's making something innovative and the rest of the world is also pushing farther towards progress. So that's one way. And then the other way is, of course, helping people. So that's my goal at the end is to see how much of a positive impact I can have on other people in either of those faucets. Um, another one I would add is, you know, a lot of people will focus a lot on business, but uh, there's a quote that I've heard that, um, no amount of worldly success can compensate for failure in the home. And uh, I've seen a lot of individuals that, that they're great on stage or they're great in a boardroom, but frankly, their family life is pretty trashy. And that's because they've, you know, unfortunately chosen that priority over their family priority. And I, I, I'm a firm believer that you can do both. Mm -hmm. I know there's individuals that have been extremely successful at the expense of their family, but mm -hmm. I also know a handful of individuals that they're able to be successful. They're able to change the world. They're able to follow your dreams, have a Ferrari, whatever you want to do, and still have that core priorities of your family and those around you. And I, I think that's the important thing. If I'm 90 and I've got those things of I've built those good relationships with my family, I've got good kids, I've got a good family relationship, and I helped a lot of people, that's success in my book. Yeah, that, right that's my core value too, family, right? Making a difference and serving others. Rob, any, anything that interests you that you would love, Jordan, to touch? Yeah, absolutely, Jordan. I, I heard a lot of uh, great, great value there. Uh, and, and it started off with books, and that is excellent because I'm also a firm believer that anyone should have a, uh, a large library of books that can actually, instead of the you know, the, 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 the outcome books, right? Like, or, or the topic books, like, like you mentioned finance or business, right? Why don't you start reading up on personal biographies and stories yes. and the way that people live their lives and, and the challenges that they have overcome. But 
I'm also a believer in uh, surrounding yourself with influential people, people that you like to model, right? People that have success in those areas that you talked about, like family life, like the business success, uh, maybe even your physical health, whatever it may be. So I'm curious, besides the, the books that really got you to think and give you a different perspective, what about some of the influential people in your life that maybe have been able to contribute to, to your direction? Can you Absolutely. talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. I've always heard it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes. You know, I would argue it's both, but I've seen personally in my ventures that we, we can have, you know, the we could be reading books all day and audio tapes and Googling whatever topic we're looking into. And then we meet one person at a networking event that knows that industry thoroughly and that blows everything out of the water because they they know so much, they know so many people that that connection is worth more than a year worth of research that I could have done. So I definitely think people are you know more important than anything, so definitely. Um, in regards to who, um, like I mentioned before, my dad's very into business. My family's been that way for a while. Um, very influential, particularly in mindset of, you know, when you have failures, get back up, keep going, um, just instilling this, uh, how do you solve problems in the world? How do you overcome rejection? Um, how do you make sure you have your priorities straight? Things like that. that that's definitely been influential from him. Um, but with that, different people that I've had the blessing and opportunity of rubbing shoulders with in these different ventures, whether it be um, at a networking event, just hearing some individuals speak on stage. We were um, at a at a tech summit and I got to see Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, talk. And it, I wasn't the biggest fan of him until he spoke and he, he gave some really great leadership insights mm -hmm. that truly changed how I looked at my company and looked at um, uh, other people and being a leader as a whole. And so that, that was phenomenal. Um, in, in other ventures, I've been able to see, um, th there's this one gentleman, I haven't actually done a ton of business with him. I've met him at a lot of networking events and we've gotten really close. And our goal is to do something in the future together. Mm -hmm. But he, he, he's the epitome uh, of what I would say, what I want to be. Of he's got that family life straight and he's also doing extremely well in business and success. And the more I learn from him of just trying to be a sponge of everything he says, kind of analyzing what he does and how he manages his company, how he manages his family, how he manages his personal life, everything from, you know, with his spare time, is he spending it again on Netflix or is he spending it quality time with family or learning or growing in some regards? Different things like that have been very influential in me saying, okay, that's someone I want to be like type thing. So mm -hmm. having people you look up to is really important. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's very good. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that, that you see it that way, because sometimes I feel that in, in the marketplace, right? When, when, when you, uh, let's say, engage with and network with people, then the question is always like, do you, do you uh, engage with someone to, to take uh, to learn from their lessons and, and their failures and their leadership so you can actually apply that to your life and, and help yourself forward? Or is it, are you having like a competitive approach where you feel like, I know it all, right? I don't need to listen to somebody. Do you recognize that? 
Yeah, I, I've seen uh, everyone's cocky. Um, everyone, well, we all have our challenges and things like that. Um, but the more I've seen that I can look at someone and whether they're, you know, a, a ultra successful business owner or a janitor type thing, j just for retrospect, if I'm able to step back and look at them, uh, who they are, of who they are as a person and also the fact know the fact that they've had experiences in life that I haven't I'm able to learn just as much from both of them maybe in different regards I'm able to learn more about finances from the business manager and more about uh, things to improve my life or just uh, moral and spiritual priorities type thing from someone else but everyone else in this world has experiences that we don't and so any opportunity to brush shoulders with another human being is an opportunity to learn from them and grow from them in some way. Yeah. And so I, I try and keep that in perspective of regardless of where they are status wise or where they are in life. You know, if they're a 30 year old that has been on drugs for 20 years and hasn't really done anything with his life, society would look down on him and things like that. But there's always something that you can learn or grow from, grow from in interacting with them. Very powerful. Yeah. And I, Jordan, I always believe that entrepreneur, the success, 80% it's a mindset, right? Yes. And we all have challenge. And, and my question for you is what kind of some mindset tips that you can give yeah. it to young entrepreneurs when they are building their business? Um, one thing that's really stuck out to me is I, everyone is, there's always someone smarter than you. There's always someone with better circumstances, more money, whatever it may be. And so I've always realized you, I'm always going to be behind the curve in some way. And so I wanted to find some way if I'm wanting to either get better myself or specifically compete in a market, how, how do I do that with all the competition out there? How do I do better with, how do I make it so when these failures come, I can overcome them and keep progressing. And the thing I've found is hard work is hard work and knowledge are essentially the two things that will set anybody apart. You can have someone that's, the the son of a billionaire type thing that's going to harvard and has all this experience and brushing shoulders with kings and queens or whatever but if they're not a hard worker and if they're not learning and applying then someone from detroit with no experience no money and no background will eventually beat them just because that's determination you, you you've heard that term hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard and it, it's the same for any of us of if we're trying to compete in any way, whether personally or in business, if you're willing to work harder than the other guy, if you're willing to learn more and grow more and really fail more, that way you can learn and progress more, that's what will get you above and that's what will eventually make you successful. Mm -hmm. The entrepreneurship journey is hard. It's mm -hmm. something where it, right now it's sexy. Everyone loves it. It's like in the 80s, everyone wanted to be a, a rock star guitarist because that's <laughs> sexy nowadays for some reason being an entrepreneur is sexy and mm -hmm. it, it's awesome because you know people instead of these crackheads being the celebrities it's people like elon musk and jeff bezos that are the celebrities if you will so it, it's cool seeing that um societal mindship set to be looking towards these people that have pretty cool success um but people don't realize that yes it's sexy and fun right now but it's it's hard it's yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah. You, you see all these gurus on social media that tout how easy it is if you just pay them some money like it, it, it's absolutely not 
And anyone that tells you otherwise is selling something. So the, the keeping that in mind of, you know, if you really want this, if you really want the reward, which frankly, the reward is always worth it in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd rather be working 90 hours a week for myself, yeah. making cap wages, but mm-hmm. at least I have that freedom and I have that opportunity to make a difference than working in nine to five, making someone else rich, you know? Well, people like that. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I've met plenty of individuals. They're great employees. They're great people to work with that they have that nine to five mindset. They're happy with it. They're content with it. They want to come home at five o'clock, watch Netflix, do their thing. There's nothing wrong with that. They're still great people. But it, like you said, it's a mindset. It takes a different type of mind to be an entrepreneur, to motivate yourself, to get up at the crack of dawn, work all day, no one telling you to do, no one telling you when you can go through, finding out what needs to be done and doing it instead of being told what you have to do. It takes mm-hmm. a very specific mindset that we all have to develop and we all have to keep developing. Uh, it's easy to get lazy in some of these scenarios, especially you know if you're at the point where, hey, you're just over this cusp, you've just made a little bit of success, where the company's doing great, this is awesome, let's go to Tahiti for a week, you know? Like it, it's hard to continue that mindset. And it's something that you always have to be working on is always progressing and always pushing yourself because no one's going to push you for you. Yeah. So, Forward what, momentum above anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So what you do to motivate yourself and hold yourself accountable, even when nobody is watching you, well, what did you do? <laughs> um, it, it's definitely keeping that dream in perspective. Mm, uh, focus on your vision. Okay. Yes, I, I've got pictures all over my office of a Lamborghini and an Austin Martin. I want a, a cool truck. I want to, you know, to vacations at a beach resort type thing. Just the these things that are, uh, you know, looking from hindsight, it, they're very temporal in nature. But because of course, the eventual goal, like I said, is to make a positive impact on people. Whether it's you know, uh, you know charities to go and save kids in Africa, or um, saving kids that are in human trafficking, or you know, uh, helping clean up the oceans, you know, those are all great causes. That you know, if we're when we get to the point where we have that monetarily, where we can help out those causes, I absolutely want to do that. But that's uh, humans aren't wired like that. We can't sit there and have a starving kid in Africa be right next to our desk. That's really not going to motivate us. It might, you know, pull some emotional heartstrings for a while, but as far as the long term, humans are naturally selfish creatures. We want something that's going to, you know, bring us our self-satisfaction. And so I, I've always heard use the Ferraris and Lamborghinis to motivate you to get to that point. And once you're there, you will have gone through the journey where your heart has changed and you now want to use that success to help other people. So that's, that's excellent. That's the first time. That's the first time I hear that, uh, Jordan. But I can totally relate to that, and and I think Angeline can too. I mean, when when we first start on the journey, especially when you're young, right? You started your first business at the age of fifteen. I think nobody will expect that you already understand what you want out of life, right? This is the journey that we're on, and and throughout our human experiences, right? It's when your heart changes. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really, really profound. And, and with that, with that uh, mindset, I wanted to, to segue into entrepreneurship for a little moment, if that's okay. Uh, because I think we're all dying to know, right? In 2021, right? The, you said it, right? Entrepreneurship is everywhere. And I think the internet definitely made that available. 
uh, yeah. podcasting and shows, right? There's there's like a ton of entrepreneurial podcasts out there. So I think there's just a lot of information now that that is reaching people in all corners of the world. But let's let's talk for a moment about what it takes to be an online entrepreneur or what it takes to build businesses that nowadays the world becomes your playground. Can you talk yes. to us a little bit about your organization and what it is what it took you to get this off the ground? Yes. So the current project that we're working on is called Vibe, V-I-B. Um, mm -hmm. It's a CBD company. And for those of you that haven't heard about CBD, you can look it up. It's a, uh, it's from the cannabis plant. And it's essentially they've taken out the fun parts, the THC that gets you high <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. And they use it for, yeah, uh, and they use it for medicinal purposes. And it helps with everything from stress and anxiety to pain and inflammation. So people are using it for... A lot of things there's a lot of stuff out there that you can look up but it's a it's a relatively new trend but it's definitely a growing market with a lot of potential um, and so we developed a CBD chewing gum which in the CBD world is relatively revolutionary because no one else in the market has done it before there's a lot of other products but no one's ever done a chewing gum and so uh, we, we looked at the market and saw its potential and said hey we want to we want to hop on this bandwagon we want to you know, ride this wave and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. But we, there, it was a hugely saturated industry. There's thousands and thousands of small companies that keep coming into the CBD space that, uh, again, they were taking the exact same product, slapping their brand on it and putting it on the shelves and hoping that it sells. And so it was extremely saturated and a lot of the same thing. And so from what we've learned in other things is the only way to compete in a saturated market is by one of three options. One is price gouging. So you'd be cheaper than everyone else on the block. Number two is quality. So you have the higher quality than everyone else on the block. Or number three, and the most effective, is product differentiation. We chose to do all three. We found a product that was extremely different, like radically different than everything else on the market, something that was higher quality than the other things and then something that price wise was significantly cheaper than some of the other things and that's how we've been able to go into a market where you know hundreds of new startups are happening every month and they're coming in they're fizzing out for a while and they're dying and we've been able to do it for a year consistently with pretty consistent growth because we started out with those core values and we've been able to take it off from there so it's been a, it's been a great learning experience um, we have experience when I say we we have a team of uh, I'd say 10 different individuals that they cover everything from accounting to primarily marketing and advertising. That's most mm -hmm. of my background and most of the team's background. Um, but with our previous ventures, we've been able to take a product, build the site, get the advertising going and, and take it off a lot as far as the uh, business to consumer, selling the product to the end consumer. Um, and that's one thing that we've been doing relatively well with Vibe that's been really beneficial. The learning curve with this new company has been um, the business to business side, which is something that we haven't done before. Um, we're, we're used to taking a product and you know getting it in front of the eyeballs of the end consumer. And that's, for now, it's pretty easy. Um, it's not perfect, but we have a system down that's worked for the past few ventures and we like that a lot. For the business to business, we've never done that before. We've had to learn how to approach retailers, how distribution networks work, how um, brokers work in getting you into like these 
um, uh, Whole Foods and um, Trader Joe's and things like that, of this whole world that, you know, back when we were on the e-commerce side, we didn't know it existed, but we've been having to learn, okay, how do you do this whole, how do you make an entire pitch deck and pitch to these people that are distributors for Walmart? It's been a, a great learning experience, mm-hmm. lots of failures, lots of falling on our face, but you know, if, if you, I always heard you either you win or you learn. And if mm-hmm. you fail, then you learn. And yeah. if you failed and didn't learn, then that that's where there's a problem. But every time we fall on our face or lose a client or mess up on something, mm-hmm. we take that as an opportunity to come back and say, okay, where did we mess up? Mm-hmm. What, what can we fix? Let's learn more. Let's fix this. So yeah. the business side has been great. Business to consumer side has been also great. And you must facing a lot of objection, right? Yes. Yeah. So some people I've seen like, oh, they like, oh my gosh, this is so painful inside, mm-hmm. right? And, yes. and they quit. They quit. Yes. So, <laughs> so what did you do? How do you handle objection and to develop your mental toughness? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, the entrepreneur lifestyle and industry is hard. It's fun at the end. It's fun if you make it fun through the growth process. Mm-hmm. But it, as you know, with family, with anything fulfilling in life, there's always a sacrifice and there's always some sort of hard work that goes into it. With this, rejection is probably the biggest thing. And the way I found of overcoming that is A, don't take it personally. You know, if they don't like you, they'll probably tell you, you know, but most of the time in business, if you're, you know, charismatic and nice or just genuinely a good person. It's genuinely not you. It's the way you presented your product. And so once you or product or service, whatever it is, if you can guarantee that you have a high quality product or service, because I, I don't like selling crap. I want to make sure whatever I'm selling is good, high quality. You guys know that better than anyone. Of If you have something that's good, sometimes it'll sell itself, but in general, you don't have to be doing as much selling because the product is good quality. Um, But regardless, you're still going to get rejection. We get door slammed in our face all day. We get retailers every single day that say, this is never going to work. No one's going to buy this. We don't want your crap. Get out of my store. That happens all the time. And so aside from not taking it personally, it's using all them as a learning experience. Okay. Well, why did they not like us? Okay, well, maybe we're in the wrong industry. Do we need to reevaluate? Maybe, you know, they're just in the wrong area. Or maybe, you know, it's just not a good fit. Not every person's going to buy your product. That's life. And taking, it's that Rocky Balboa quote. Of, it's not how hard you get hit. It's how, how many times you can get you yeah. keep moving. And then still get up. Yeah. Yes, exactly. There's there's plenty of motivational stuff like that online. And I love it. It's, it's very invigorating to see other people in the world doing that. But... And, and a question, Jordan. So th- this is an interesting topic, right? Because now we're dealing with handling objection and facing adversity when you're trying to get this business off the ground. Absolutely. So, so, so let's like in this preferable scenario where where you're facing rejection. My question to you is, and this will be interesting to 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 find out what your mindset is like. But yes. so you maintain this database of of your prospects that you're going after. Now, if they reject you. What is your your contingency plan? Like, do you do you just evaluate and move on to a new prospect, or do you evaluate and then later on circle back with these people and try again? Definitely the circle back approach, but the circle back approach has to be circumstantial. 
if they say like currently a lot of our retailers in a certain niche market are saying no because CBD is not moving in their niche market. And that's part of their rejection is I've got existing CBD products. Yours is awesome and high quality, but my existing products aren't moving. Yours won't move either. And so we put them into a folder that's I can't remember what we titled it, but it's essentially if and when things in that niche industry change circumstantially, uh, there's a sudden demand, which I think we can drive with our other you know, bringing demand from the other industries. When circumstances change there, then we'll be able to come in and say, hey, you've seen us on billboards. You've seen us in your competitor shops. You've seen us down the road. Like we're, we're there's finally demand for our product and you know it. Now are you ready to buy? And generally, if we've done that, we've seen even this um, soon in the game, they'll usually take us on because they've been able to see, okay, I didn't think that they would that that product would sell, but I'm seeing everyone else is finally taking it on then because of peer pressure, then they're willing to bring it on um, in markets where they just don't want it, whether it be, you know, oh, your, your price too high or your product's terrible. No one's ever going to take it. Things like that. We'll keep them in the books. And as we grow, you know, if uh, I, I was like the story of Red Bull of when they first, tried to come to market, no retailers would take them. So they went around to the smallest shops that they could find and the smallest little convenience stores that were independently owned. They bought a refrigerator and said, can we just put this here? Just give us a chance to get it out there. And so they put them in there. Um, they had an amazing marketing story where they got a bunch, they got thousands of empty cans of Red Bull and put them in trash bins all over London, just in public waste bins. And their sales surged because everyone in London was like, wow, everyone's drinking this. That's awesome. So they had to incorporate these guerrilla marketing tactics of, you know, a, you know, fake it till you make it showing that there's some sort of demand until there actually was demand. But nowadays, you know, you go into any store and there's Red Bull there. So retailers that originally told them no, they're now begging for their products. And now Red Bulls, they're holding the cards. They're able to decide pricing and things like that. So, if it's a no upfront, you know, evaluate, see what you can learn from it. Don't take it personally. Definitely don't let it get you depressed. I know a lot of people that, you know, they'll go to a sale and it will go bad in some way. They'll get rejected and they'll take the rest of that week off because they're sad. You know, again, go back watching Netflix. That's, that's the hard part of, can you take that rejection and use that whatever emotion you're getting as fuel to keep going forward? Yeah, that was, that was very powerful. And thank you for sharing and reminding us of the Red Bull story. I, I read this long time ago, but I think it's so profound, right? And it's so inspirational every time I hear that. But what I'm hearing, uh, and, and also as a fellow marketer, right, I, I love to, to get your insights on this. But does that mean that when, when it comes to an online business particularly, and well, I would say for any business for that matter, but yes. when you operate in the online space, is uh, lead management, right? Having a robust CRM system where, yes. where you, because you, you talked about filing, right? You have these interactions and you're filing the conversations of what is happening. So can you talk to us a little bit for the people who might not have experienced this at this level? Yeah. Like what does it take to run an online business and how do you track those interactions? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, three things. One is of course traffic which comes from having good ads uh, i always hear if your website doesn't have good traffic that means your ads suck so anytime our traffic is low we look at our advertising or whatever is pulling people to the site we figure out how to adjust that 
once they're on the site, if the conversions are low, then we evaluate the website. We're saying, okay, what when they go onto this site, is it set up as a funnel where there's buy buttons everywhere and people are motivated, they see the value, they're not confused, there's not too many options. There's tons of factors that go into it of, is this site able to help me convert? And if that's working, then you're getting conversions and you're getting those initial sales. But I've always heard the money is made in the follow-up. You know, I, I would much rather have a customer that buys from me once a month for a year than a customer that gives me one big order once. You know, yeah, uh, and that, that's that's what brings in long-term cash flow. That's mm -hmm. what gives you um, long-term uh, business growth. That's what makes it so at the end of the day, your business is valued at X times higher because you've either got people on subscription or returning customers because they're able to see trajectory-wise, okay, where am I projected to go? Because I have this existing income. It's not just sporadic yeah, sales. Yeah. So that, that's our goal is bring on c consumers that are long-term, that are continually buying. And the way to do that is just like you said, through a CRM, a customer relationship manager. Um, originally, like most startups, we had everything on a Excel spreadsheet. When someone got in, we would manually put everything in. We would put a reminder. We would send them an email after X amount of time and do all these follow-up things. And we had everything from an email that we would send them to ask them to leave a review. So that way they would get a discount code because that gives us more content, more credibility. That brings them back to the site and gives them incentive. We have things where it was follow us on social media and you'll get a discount code or you know, like our post to get submitted into a drawing and things like that. There's tons of different ways that you can interact with them once they've already given you your money. And, and frankly, if your product's good, you want to find ways to utilize that. Hey, did you like it? Cool. Let us know that you liked it. Order a new one. Tell your friends about it. Find ways to make them share it. So that was all done on a spreadsheet until it became, you know, it didn't make sense cost effectiveness wise to do that. And so that's when we moved to a CRM that's automated and does that whole process for us. But initially, you know, when I only, when I only have 100 customers type thing, then it doesn't make sense to be paying for a good CRM if, you know, time and money wise, I could be doing that on my spreadsheet. So once we got to the CRM, it's been very automated and it's very been very easy of once they make the sale, the whole process is automated from there. And all we do is look at the data and see what's working and adjust from there. So you, you know that more than anybody, Rob. Yeah, very, very creative, very creative. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I, I love to dive into the details because I believe, Jordan, the reason for asking is because a lot of people, and you said it, right, entrepreneurship is sexy. And everybody, like nowadays, unless you still want to go into the retail or maybe, you know, on the investment side, real estate, but majority of businesses, I mean, 2020 has really proven that if you're not operating online, right, you're, you're not going to survive. You, you need to be positioned online and have a presence. So I wanted to know, uh, you know, it, because you're, you're selling your goods online and you're, you're, the majority of your business operates online. So how important do you think is it to, to build a community, to have a brand around your product or service? Huge. Um, in regards to a brand, um, our gum, for example, if Coca-Cola woke up or if any company woke up tomorrow and decided they wanted to do a chewing gum, they could probably spend a few months doing R&D, pour a couple million dollars into it and have a product out there. And it wouldn't be the same as ours, but it would be similar and they could you know, succeed with that because they've got the marketing dollars. And that's where brand comes in is unless your product is patented and so unique that no one else is going to do it 
it's it's not going to be by itself in the market. Um, Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone, and within a few years, Samsung came out with their Galaxies, and Blackberries came out with their smartphones. And you know, they they didn't have a monopoly on the smartphone market just because they invented it type thing. They had a monopoly because they put built a brand behind any community. When you walk into an Apple store, it looks like this again, sexy, classy, luxurious. You feel like you're walking into something from 2020 and you're worth a million bucks. And when you open your iPhone, I know everyone that keeps their boxes, it's sleek, it's amazing, it's all these things. They're, they've been experienced in a community and really a brand. It's a logo, yes, but it's also a feeling that you get when you look at them. When you look at Apple, you think of that classy, sexy, they probably drive a Maserati and have a hundred grand in their account type thing, even though most of us don't. You know, most of us that have iPhones, we bought it because yes, it's a functional product that works, but I know tons of people that bought it because of peer pressure because everyone else around them is having one too, even though they like Samsung or something else. And so branding is really what feelings are you invoking in people? We've been talking about Red Bull. Most people that drink Red Bull are college kids that need extra energy or the rest of us that you know, need to survive without coffee. And when you see Red Bull though, their marketing is all, you know, uh, BMX bikers and astronauts jumping from the edge of space and all these extreme things, because that's the brand that they've built behind it. And so when you're buying their product, you feel like you're part of that brand. That's why uh, uh, cosmetics for, you know, middle-aged and older people, it makes them feel like they're in their twenties again, even if they're not, even if the product doesn't work, their brand makes them feel feel that way and it makes them feel like they're part of this community and, and that's the goal with any brand most people that drink red bull are not bmx bikers that are doing flips through a ring of fire but it makes them feel like they're part of that community in some way yeah. so that's the importance of a brand in my opinion yeah it's beautiful and I mean, we, we have some some questions for 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 jordan regarding oh. the online space right because we we know that that you're you're heavy on the marketing too yes. and and you're, you're building out your community. So this is a great opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate it. So what, what are some tips that, that you do to build your list? Are you focused on building your list? Because I, people always taught me, right? Like your, 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 your fortune is on your list. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, yeah, what did you do to, to build your list? Um, like I was saying uh, earlier, if you have a website, well, if, if you have a product that works and you have a website that converts, that's how you initially get that list. Mm -hmm. and, and that seems easy, but really that's the hard part. You, you go onto Facebook or Instagram and every other post is an ad, whether it be an affiliate ad through an account or a sponsored ad that they're paying for campaigns on that platform. And so we're getting hit with ads all day and our customers, your customers are getting hit with these advertisements all day. Your goal is to figure out from an advertising perspective, how do you stand out to them? What, what, are, what are they asking for? Every other ad that you see is a buy my product, you know, here's the, here's the features type thing. Most of them don't really want to see that. The ads that convert are what are the benefits? What, what's the end goal? What feeling are you going to have? Or what, what's this going to accomplish in your life? You know, the, I always heard that nobody that ever bought a drill bit ever wanted a drill bit. They want a hole because the end goal of getting a drill bit is having a hole that you drill. Mm. And same thing with anything. It, I, I don't really want a thousand dollar, 
you know, thought. I want to be more productive. I want to get more things done. I want to connect with my family. You know, the, the reason that we buy things is because we see in some way, shape or form that end goal. And our job as advertisers and marketers yeah. is to convey that end goal to them. And if you're able to do that in a way that speaks to them and is targeted towards them, because the online world, you can't do general stuff anymore. It's not just the billboard world anymore or the TV commercials. You have to do stuff that's customized. If I could say something, hey, Rob, this is for you. You should buy this. I would because everyone demands that type of customization in today's digital world. They want stuff that's part of that speaks to them, who they think they are, the communities that they feel they're a part of. That's how you get in with them and get them to click on your ads to eventually go to your site. And I want to say thank you for for the reminder because last week we have amazing speaker right. His name is Jason. He he talked about this. He said, "Be obsessed with the outcome. Be obsessed with the the outcome for your customer and all of your uh, message marketing message like talking about the outcome, the the result that you deliver for them versus the the feature and the benefit like you mentioned." Yeah, yep. I love that. He's absolutely yep. correct. Yep, yep. And I, I know we can talk all night, right? <laughs> all time with you. Yes. And unfortunately, I know you're very busy and then uh, we have a limited time here. And yeah. I'm going to have Rob uh, give let close us out. And, and maybe in the future, we have opportunity to invite you again uh, back to our show. Awesome. I'd love to. Thank you, Angeline. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Jordan, it was such a pleasure speaking to you. And, and I think that a lot of people, because we had a lot of amazing guests on the show, and we talk a lot about the journey and the mindset. But today I felt it was so, we were so privileged to, to hear the insights from an online entrepreneurial perspective. Because like I said, I'm a big believer that if you start a business today, it has to happen online. Regardless if you're in retail, you need to have that online presence. So thank you for sharing the insights of what it takes to run an online operation. But here's the, the favorite thing, right, at the end of the show where we always ask because we like to reward our loyal uh, fans of the show and the people watching this because we like to give back. And I know you, you said this earlier, right? You have a big why and, and you, besides the profits, you're looking to make an impact. So here's a chance, right? We like to always give something back to the community. And I know that we we had a little bit of a discussion back end before the show. So could you please share, Jordan, what is it that uh, people can get their hands on? What can we make available if they wanna get in touch with you? Absolutely. Um, two things. One, if anyone's interested in our CBD products, I'll send out an email through Angeline. Of you can get 50% off. Just we, we like getting products out there that help people. Um, but the second thing is, uh, however valuable it would be, I would love to give 30 minutes of my time to anyone who's interested in, you know, uh, coaching and working together and discussing their business and essentially how it's currently doing or, or even how they're doing and where they want to be. I'd love to take some time just to either sit down or do a phone call with them for 30 minutes, whoever is interested. Wow. And, and you know, that's, that's incredibly generous. Uh, number one, I personally have never had any experience with CBD, but but I think nobody can deny it anymore. It's everywhere. So I think that that's a very generous gift. If you would like to try Jordan's products, right? A 50% discount for the community. And second, if you want to take advantage to speak to Jordan about your business or anything that is currently, you know, challenging you uh, on a business level and how to make an impact, then 
take advantage of this. And we're going to make sure, Jordan, that this information is distributed. Um, now, before before we wrap up the show today here, if people want to follow your journey, yeah. right? if they, if they want to follow after hearing your amazing insights here today, how can get people get in touch and, and follow you as, as you're, you're continuing to build this business? Um, I, I would definitely say follow the business. Uh, I always have people ask, how come you're not active on social media? And I tell them I am just through my businesses. You know, my personal social media doesn't have a lot, but my businesses were that that's where most of our outlets are. So definitely follow us. Um, we're on Instagram, vibe, V-I-B dot brand. Um, yeah. You can also go to our website, vibcbd.com. Um, as far as me personally, I have a LinkedIn that I can also share with you guys as well um, that I'll uh, be doing what I can to post on there as well. But uh, uh, my personal passions are with, of course, my family and then the, the projects that I'm working on. And so that's why my outlets are these businesses. And that's where I'm sharing. That's where we're sharing our journey, essentially. Absolutely. And, and, and that's excellence. That's excellence. Uh, but I can imagine that after today, people might have been curious about you and about your journey and about the CBD business. So we, we took note of that. And, uh, and as a uh, final remark, Angeline, would you, would you love to close us out and, uh, and share with us your wisdom, especially the big takeaway because I think this was an excellent episode. Interesting, because before our show, I did a Facebook Live, right? I, I talk about financial freedom, right? I talk about, are you just interested or you are you committed? Like Jordan just said, entrepreneurial, the journey, right? It sounds so glory, freedom, right? But freedom, it's not free, it comes with the price. So my message for you is, are you willing to pay that price? Because if you will, the, the, the reward, it's amazingly, Wonderful. Very good. Awesome. This is excellent. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your insights. It was really wonderful getting to know you and, and uh, sharing the time with you. So thank you so much. Thank you, Angeline, for always co-hosting here and, uh, and these fantastic questions that led to this great conversation. And for our guests and our viewers out there, right? I hope you tune in again next week where we have another phenomenal guest on the show. It's the same time in the same place where we step temporarily into the arena of our honored guest. So for now, wish you all a fantastic Friday. Thank you so much, Jordan. Hope to see you again. How do we take a picture together? We can do it right now if we can have a, yeah. if we yeah. can put our best smiles up. I will do it. Okay. All right. Let's let's do a countdown, guys. Live on the show here today. Three, two, one. There we go. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, Thank Rob. You guys so much. It was an honor to be on. I appreciate your time, and I'm really looking forward to this. So, thank you so much for your time. Thank Absolutely. you, Jordan. We'll see you, we'll see you again. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. -bye. See you.